1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
2: Adidas.
0: Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca.
2: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office
0: supplies at huge savings?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca
1: on Oilers Radio. 630 chat.
0: It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer with you. Well, um... Some have accused us of maybe talking too much about the Toronto Maple Leafs, but this summer I think it's appropriate, and at this time we're pleased to welcome back to the show from The Athletic, James Myrtle. Hello, James. How are you doing?
1: Good, Bobby. How's your summer?
0: Uh, Well, there's no summer because we're doing the show all summer. so I know what that's like. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. You know what they say, working's better than not working, especially when you've got to do what we do, James. So it's all about perspective. And, man, you guys have had a lot more to talk about, obviously, uh, with the Maple Leafs landing uh, John Tavares. At what point did you start to think it was possible? When did you get the sense that this thing might come to fruition?
1: Uh, I thought they always had a chance. Uh, I was saying... Late in the season, about ten percent. I knew that they were going to be a team that Tavares would listen to, uh, and the pitch that the Leafs were going to be able to make was pretty good. Uh, come home, which I know means something to John Tavares. Not only that, but come home and play for one of the best young teams in the league, and a you know a team that's really on the rise and has the cap space that's going to be able to accommodate someone like Tavares. And you know, I just I just thought they had a very unique pitch. And the other thing too is you look at the other teams. They were out there that we were, were going to be able to court him and there was no real powerhouse i mean i know tampa was was in there but they would have had to subtract in order to add him in i know san jose was there but they've kind of, kind of like an they're kind of aging out of really their probably their championship window um you know there were just a couple of unique things that the leafs had to put on the table and that's that's what ended up happening so i would say i was thinking there was about a 10 percent chance from about January through to a week before uh, the interview process started, and then um, the what I started hearing out of that interview process is that Dubas hit it out of the park, and CAA and John Tavares were really, really impressed, and that's when the momentum, I think, started to build for that this might actually happen.
0: Especially given the Lou Lamarello connection. The storylines in this thing were amazing, weren't they?
1: It, it's crazy. It's 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 amazing. You know, Lamarello's talking to Tavares even before he's officially joined the Islanders and left the leaps and, and then you've got Lamarello the the mentor uh going up against Galdubus for the face of the franchise of the Islanders, the team that Lamarello has just joined and it was it's pretty wild. It's yeah. pretty wild. And a lot of people in Long Island never thought that John Tavares would leave. Um, most people in hockey were telling me right up until a couple of days before that he would never leave. Um, he's just, the people that know as well just say he's such a loyal guy, and his heart really was in Long Island. So for him to, to leave, um, it surprised a lot of people.
0: Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, there's, there's been some who didn't like that this occurred. Uh, and suggested he took the easy way out. I 100% completely disagree because there's a whole different degree of pressure playing in Toronto than playing for, frankly, a nondescript NHL organization, which is what... I mean, the Islanders don't even have a full-time home, which I'm sure played part of this, but I I think it took some some courage for uh, Tavares to... I think the easier thing would have been to just have stayed with the
1: Islanders. And that's what most NHL players do. I mean, if you look at the, the top scorers around the league since Tavares came into the league, almost all of them have stayed with the team they were with, and a lot of them have signed those eight-year contracts and just locked in once they've hit free agency Not very many stars in this league go to July 1 and leave. I mean, Stamkos did it and listened in the interview period and stayed in Tampa, but it, it's very uncommon. And I think that that's why it caught some people by surprise because people thought if someone was going to do it, that it wasn't going to be Tavares.
0: We're joined by James Myrtle from The Athletic. Well, this changes things moving forward for Toronto. It certainly, in the next calendar year, gives the Leafs as good a shot as anybody for me in the Eastern Conference. Uh, And I guess it's still dependent upon what potentially could happen with Eric Carlson. But, I mean, Toronto's... I mean, the options up front and the three tandems that they could create because of the three guys that can roll down the middle. It's pretty
1: exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'll be surprised if they're not the highest scoring or the second highest scoring team in the NHL this coming season. I mean, there's, there's obviously legitimate questions um, about the blue line, and its gonna, I'm surprised that they haven't made a change there. I suspect that there is going to be changes made there uh, by the time the season starts, um, even if it, that's just incorporating more of, of the Marlies, uh, Calder Cup winning team some of that blue line into what the Leafs do um, but they're going to be able to outscore some of their problems and they were already doing that the last two years they've been one of the higher scoring teams in the NHL you yeah, add Tavares to that mix and, and and the other thing too is they've got two kids coming in Andreas Johnson who was the AHL playoff MVP and Kasperi Kapanen who I think can be a lot more productive than, than maybe people around the league realize
0: Alright so what are the tandems going to be?
1: You mean the line combos? Yeah, like what toe? do you
0: what do you, what do you envision? Like let's say that so I got the three centers. They're each going to center their own line. That's Matthews, Tavares, and uh, Nazem Kadri. Those guys all scored thirty plus goals last season. So what do you like? If who's going to end up on the wings with each of those respective centers?
1: Well, you know, the funny thing is that when they announced Tavares, Mike Babcock was there and he was doing scrums and talking to people and he started telling us what the lines were going to be. So, you know, when they made the pitch to John Tavares in, in the interview process that he was going to play with Mitch Marner, which I think is a, a fantastic combination, just combining the speed and the playmaking uh, that, that Marner has and his ability to get through the neutral zone and create plays. I mean, I think that that's going to be just a deadly line combination, especially if they're not facing other teams' top lines every night. So... In that line apparently is going to be Zach Hyman, uh, not with Matthews anymore, but with John Tavares and Mitch Marner. Uh, Hyman's going to be the net front guy, the way Anders Lee was with the Islanders, and the way that you know Charlie um, you know, Dell'O had a great piece on our site last week about Tavares. Just he's he's made uh, a lot of his wingers over the last few years. You think about yes. Poso, you think of Opa Parento, you think about Anders Lee. He makes players look really, really good. And if you look at the point production they have with Tavares and without him, it's just it's night and day. I mean, guys are producing 20, 30 more points in a season uh, when they're on the ice with Tavares. So they're thinking Zach Hyman's going to be kind of the four-checker, to the net guy that plays with Tavares, and then Marner's going to be uh, creating a lot. Um, and then that's going to change... Uh, Matthew's line, he's going to still be playing with Nylander, but uh, Patrick Marleau is going to be on the left wing, which I think makes sense as well. And I don't know which of those lines they're going to shelter, and then you're, and then you're going to have Nazem Kadri probably with the, the young guys with, with Andreas Janssen and, uh, and Kasper Kapanen, or Connor Brown. I mean, they, they've got great options uh, on the wing. They're four deep on the right side and three deep on the left side, so it's not going to be a lot of problems unless they run into injuries.
0: Three deep on the left side, I mentioned last week that I wondered whether or not Patrick Maroon uh, still potentially could be in the mix uh, to Toronto. I mean, if if he's going to accept a one-year deal, uh, there's lots of different places he could, because there's conflicting reports. I know Jeremy Rutherford, who writes for you guys, uh, does an excellent job out of St. Louis. He says that the maroon thing is not 100%. At least what I saw halfway through the show, that the maroon thing is not 100% done yet. But uh, could you see the uh, Leafs adding the veteran uh, forward on the left side?
1: I, kn- I know they've been looking. They've been looking at guys, yeah. And I, they've been looking at, they've been picking through the the free agency. I know they were talking to Calvin DeHaan's agent. Um, they've been evaluating all those. And they added Tyler Ennis there, which is going to be, he's going to be kind of got him on a league minimum deal. Uh, and for the Leafs, it's not a problem if he doesn't make the Leafs because they're just going to demote him and uh, put him on the, on the Marlies. But you know, you look at their depth chart, and like I said, they're, they're four deep on the right side. They got four really good uh, NHL right wingers and three on the left. And then you get kind of into the gray area, and you know, we're not sure who their uh, four center is going to be. We're not sure who their four left winger, and we don't really know who their thirteenth and fourteenth forwards are. Um, because a lot of the kids with the Marlies probably aren't quite ready to assume those duties, and do you really want them as on the fourth line or in the press box every night? So I could definitely see them adding some more depth by a free agency here over the next couple of weeks.
0: How do they improve their D? You said they could improve their D. How do they do that without maybe giving up an asset like Nylander?
1: I I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think that they're not going to trade. And then Kyle Dubas has said we can fit all these guys into the cap. And um, I think that what they're going to try and do... Is they have a, they have a couple of different options. Um, Jake Gardner is in the last year of his deal, so one of the decisions they need to make is: Are we extending Jake Gardner? Are we resigning him? Um, if the answer, they, the conclusion they come to is that no, I wonder if potentially Jake Gardner could be on the move, and the move to be would be move him for a right shot defenseman. Because the problem that the Leafs have is not that they don't have any defenseman that can play. The problem is they're all on the left side, because. And Morgan Riley had a great year last year. Jake Gardner had a good year until the playoffs last year. Uh, and Travis Dermott was fantastic as a rookie coming in for the 37 games that he played. Um, the organization thinks that Travis Dermott can be a top four D. The problem is that the two guys ahead of him, Riley and Gardner, are on the same side as him. So if they could move Gardner for a top four right shot D, that would change things around, where you could bump either Nikita Zaitsev or Ron Hainsey or both of them down the lineup a little bit on the right side. Uh, move Dermot up on the left side and know that I think that there will be an improvement there. Cool. I haven't heard that they're trying to trade Jake Gardner. That's just an idea I have, given that he's a pending UFA. Um, but they do have some options. And the other option, of course, would be to trade one of the right shot guys, either Hainsey or, or Zaitsev, and uh, try and you know include a pick or a prospect or something and get an upgrade there.
0: Would they be interested in Justin Falk?
1: Uh, I, I think they should be. Um, but
0: they're a heavy analytics team, and he's had some ugly yeah. analytics numbers the last two years, right?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, depending on partners and situations right. played in, I mean, I think he's the kind of guy that you you don't play against top competition, but right. He's a, he's the kind of puck moving defenseman that I think that would work in a in a Kyle Dubas oriented system, and I, I'm interested to see if the Leafs play a different system than they did last year. I mean, there were a lot of ugly games that they played where it was sort of hard off the boards or hard off the glass, and, you know, they had Roman Polak playing a lot of minutes. Zeitz have a guys that aren't always great with the puck coming out of their own end. I think that that's something that, just watching the way that the Marlies played and the way that the Sue Greyhounds played when Kyle Dubas was there, that's something that he's going to want to see change.
0: So you think, uh, uh, and how old is Kyle now? Is he 30 yet?
1: 32.
0: <laughs> All right, so a 32-year-old GM, how much pole What do you have on Mike Babcock? Because, you know, Mike is... uh, uh, Some of us have known Mike a long time. Uh, Make no mistake, I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, I think he knows he's an excellent coach. And I'm just wondering, you know, is this Kyle Dubas' team or is this still Mike Babcock's team? Or how would you term that, James? I think it's Kyle Dubas'
1: team. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to have to be... That's the thing. I mean, if we're talking style of play... I can't imagine Dubas is going to be going down and into the dressing room and telling Mike Babcock how the team's going to play, but certainly the, if the style of players you have changes and the style that you play changes a little bit. And there's going to have to be a relationship. There is a relationship there with Kyle Dubas and, and Mike Babcock. It's going to have to go to the next level here. I mean, obviously, they're going to be working on an intimate basis now every single day, coach and GM, uh, trying to win games. And, you know, I think that there's going to be things that, You talk about Patrick Maroon potentially being a a player that the Leafs could look at. I wonder if that would be a guy that Mike Babcock wanted. You know, he he likes to have some physical play and um, some veterans on his team. And uh, so I won't be surprised if they add some players like that at at the request of, of Babcock. So... You know, I, I I think the answer is that it's Kyle's team, but there's going to be a lot of input still from Mike Babcock. Did
0: you make, uh, what did you make of Babcock in the, this meeting that took place in Arizona with uh, Austin Matthews, James?
1: I think it was a good idea. I think it was a good idea. I think that Matthews is a hyper, hyper competitive kid. You know, he's he's one of those, he's, he's quiet, but he really burns. And that, the way that the playoff series went down where he wasn't a big factor, I think that that, he was very frustrated and uh, you know i think that some of that frustration um I, I just think it was probably good for them to clear the air you know mike babcock can be you you know mike babcock and most hockey fans too i mean he's he's uh he's a big personality and and i think that over the course of a long season especially when it ends the way that it did and it's so frustrating you know i think there maybe were a little bit of hard feelings nothing that you know, Brendan Shanahan was asked about this at the end of the season. And he said, "You know what? That's coaching. You know, that's you. You push your players <laughs> as hard as you think you need to, and and uh, sometimes he, maybe you push a little bit too hard." He lived it,
0: right? He lived yes. it because he was in Detroit, no five oh six, when Babcock went in there, and you could see when you would watch the body language of the Red Wings. Uh, sometimes in practice, you could see with certain veteran players that. Uh, they weren't all on board with Mike, and I personally believe that the Edmonton Oilers took advantage of that in that playoff series back in 06. That's part of the reason they had everybody engaged, because they had to, to have a chance against it. And, of course, they got better goaltending, but they had to have everybody pulling in the rope the same way and I think Detroit was susceptible at that sign because they hadn't run off some of the guys that needed to go out of there, some older veteran guys like Robert Lang and Matt Schneider and players of that ilk that, right. you know, undermined the success of that club uh, come playoff time. Um, all right. Well, uh, so are they planning the parade there in Toronto? Like, And I'm going to be honest, James. <laughs> I, I, I do think the Leafs, this is uh, the addition of Tavares to the Leafs for me is a little Golden State-esque. You know, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, players building a, you know, a, a super team. And uh, certain organizations have players, younger players that might be able to ca- uh, to match in, in the future. Uh, and so, you know, Dubas has already stated that he can get Matthews done, he can get Nylander done, and he can get Marner. I believe the order, by the way, would be Matthews, Marner, and then Nylander. You can correct me if I'm wrong there.
1: But he's Well Nylander's the one that doesn't have a contract right now, so yeah. technically he needs he needs to be done by Camp.
0: Technically, but are the other season. two players not the the bigger drivers, do you think?
1: Well, I wonder if you get Neilender done first because you get him in at a lower number and maybe it's more of a bridge deal or you know, then then he's not negotiating off what the other guys cause.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, no. I get that. But who's more important long term for Toronto?
1: Austin Matthews is number one by far. I mean, yeah. I think Austin Matthews is going to get an eight-year deal for a lot of money. I won't be surprised if he gets the Tavares number. I mean, he's... Will they he get the McDavid number? Store. Will he get the... No. Ma- no? No. Okay. No, that's going to put a ceiling on a lot of players around the league.
0: James, is always, great stuff. How do people check out The Athletic?
1: Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, download the app from the App Store or go to theathletic.com and... Uh, building a new sports section. its It's been a lot of fun. We launched in uh, across Canada in September last year, and it's been uh, a big success, and we're looking forward to building on that for next year.
0: All right, James, so we'll get you on the show again. Thank you for your time.
1: Yep, thanks, Bob.
0: You bet. From the Athletic Out to of Toronto, James Myrtle, 150 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Room on Saint Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at Proamsports.ca. That's Proams.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price price Priceline
0: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league Starring Lawrence Fishburne Jackie Weaver Cleopatra Coleman and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th. Only on Hulu. Sports.ca. Oh, welcome back, everybody. 152 at Edmonton. Hope you're, if you're on the highway, you're driving safely. Uh, this day in Oilers History brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Looking at going on a river cruise in Europe for 2018. New West Travel's got some great rates on fabulous cruises. July 9th, 2014. Is there a reason
2: why you're playing BTO, Bachman Turner, Overdrive, what's going on here? Well, it's a rather average day in Oilers History, Bob, so why not spice it up a bit? All right. But you can finish it off. Here we go.
0: July 9th, 2014. Let's see. Bachman Turner Overdrive. Well, the Oilers have a guy named Turner. They definitely had a Bachman. Oilers re signed goaltender Richard Bachman to a one year contract on the state July 9th, 2014. He's a great guy terrific person. This day and order's history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, and golf packages, as well as employee corporate reward trips. Call the friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at com. Uh, Brendan, uh, tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, I know it's the Eskimos Coaches Show with Morley Scott and uh, Jason Moss. Um, I have a feeling the team will learn from uh, that. I, I got to tell you, I was texting a couple people during the game, uh, and you, sometimes you get a feel of watching a game, and I didn't want to say anything on Twitter, but there are people out there that know that this... I, you, I just felt like they were going to lose the game, even though they had complete control of the game for a large portions of the second and third quarter. Uh, and sometimes you learn from games like that, and that's my hope. And after watching... Jason Moss to me is interesting. Some people think, you know what, Moss isn't a head coach. He's just an OC. I would say that's just be patient. Head coaches grow and mature and get better over time. Uh, and frankly, the decision, what did you think of the decision to punt? Uh, in and around the 50-yard line with about two minutes left plus in the game, because for me I was fine with it. I totally got what he was trying to do. You need to stop defensively, and they didn't get the stops. And Toronto made a couple plays, but I understood what he was trying to do. There was an eternity for relative to the CFL, lots of time left. So I got Moss's call in that situation. Uh, some of the blown, uh, some of the judgment calls in terms of. Uh, when he's uh, gone with the challenges. I think those can be debated, but I'm not going to... To me, I totally understood where he was coming from in that uh, punt at the end of the the fourth quarter there. Two two plus minutes left. You you need to stop and and then take your chances from there. Uh, That said, the Eskimo's going to have to be better. Who do they got coming up on...
2: It's a rematch. Yeah, Friday. Back half of a home-and-home. Yeah.
0: Well, my guess is... Is they'll beat him by 20. 20? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They'll beat him by 20 on Friday night.
2: It's possible. I mean... I think the offense will be able to finish. You had, them at, more thir- drives. You had them at thirteen and five. I had them at yeah. twelve and six. Right, they're two and two to right now. They started slow last year a little bit too. Yeah, it, sputtered at times. You know, uh, it's it takes a few weeks in, in football for you to find out what your team is all about. You have the Hervey guys out there and. Uh, you know, you've got a somewhat
0: unproven general manager in Brock Sunderland, and frankly, not an overly experienced head coach at this stage. Uh, that said, let's just see what happens uh, over the course of the next few weeks, because we might be having a different conversation when the, you know if the team's four two or five and two. Because uh, they get uh, Toronto, then they go to Montreal, and I don't, to me, Montreal's not lightening up either. So they could win their next two games and be at three and two when. Uh, the Riders come to town in the first week of August.
2: Uh, yes. What else has Reed got besides Morley with Jason Moss? Former Eskimos linebacker and defensive lineman Jed Roberts will be on, and a guy by the name of John McCutcheon, who had two hole-in-ones in the same round of the Derrick a couple of weeks ago. So that's pretty impressive. Do you remember the McCutcheon that played for the Green Bay Packers? Probably not, eh? No, I know the McCutcheon that used to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who now plays for San Francisco, though.
0: There you go. Nice work. So I
2: guess that's close enough. Tomorrow's
0: show is a fluid show for us. We're did we're you
2: uh, do Royal Pizza, by the way, Bob?
0: I did not. Royal Pizza. But yeah, yeah, I did do. No, I did not. Uh, Royal Pizza, the best pizza in the city, still making a great multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza, Edmonton-owned and operated 48-plus years. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza. Mediterranean Chicken. Visit royalpizza.ca for a location nearest you. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings.
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.